0: I would honestly say from what I have not just researched, but witnessed with the people over hundred that I had the, the pleasure of meeting with and talking to, I'd say it's about 90%. It's 90% of your attitude and oh. <laughs> it, it's, it's huge. It's absolutely huge. And we've seen this, you know, not even with longevity studies, but we've seen this with the cardiac studies, people that have heart attacks and then which ones recover well, which ones recover not so well, and which ones don't make it at all. And it really does come down to attitude. So it's not just about you know, people living over you know 90, 100 years old. Uh, it, it's really about our everyday life. And there's been other research that shows that when we're in a state of ingratitude, when we're in a state of um, victimization, you know, we see this a lot in our, our world. You know, it's everybody else's fault, and and just unacceptance of any kind of responsibility. We now know that that actually has a physiological change to the body. What it does is it causes uh, inflammation, chronic inflammation, mm-hmm. and chronic inflammation is the root of all disease. So we look at heart attacks, we look at cancer, diabetes, all of that. These are all
1: And now, the host of our podcast, Georgian Benta. Hi, Gratitude Seeker. Welcome to a new episode of the Gratitude Podcast. Today, with us, we have an author of a very interesting book that in itself, in in my opinion, is an amazing act of gratitude. It's, It's called Love, Life, and Lucille, Lessons Learned from a Centenarian. Her name is Judy Gaiman, and she, while she's been writing a book about longevity, she met this person, Lucille Fleming, in Dallas, and from just talking and sharing a coffee, they got to be uh, to be and to become great friends, and I think it's a really wonderful and like movie-like story. Judy, welcome to the Gratitude
0: Podcast. Well, I am very grateful to be here with you on this show. Thank you so much for the invite.
1: My pleasure, my pleasure. So let us know a little bit more about you and also about the background, um, like what got you to to write the book and uh, let us know a little bit more about how you got to meet Lucille and what, what happened there?
0: Sure. Well, currently I'm the CEO at Executive Medicine of Texas. And one of the things that, um, that I do in my job and have done even prior to being the CEO was I write books. And I, I work on a lot of the uh, material that is presented, whether it's in a book or articles or uh, our radio, past radio show or our current podcast. I've done a lot of that. And one of the things I was working on, as you mentioned, uh, was another book on longevity called Aged Perfection, How to Thrive to 100 Happy, Healthy, and Wise." And when I was doing that research, and there's a lot of research on how to live to be a hundred, there's something called the blue zones. And I mean, you could really do a deep dive. And that's what I was doing. I was doing this deep dive into you know, how do these people uh, live to be a hundred? Why is some pockets in the world, there's more people that become centenarians than others. And then it just hit me, you know, I really should just Interview people over a hundred. I really want to know. Why don't I go straight to the source? So I had a writing assistant named Emily, fabulous uh, assistant, and asked her to find me uh, people over a hundred. Now I literally thought it was going to take her a very long time, and it didn't. And in her search, in her quest, she found a good handful within a, a fairly short period of time. But one of them was Lucille. And she said, you are not going to believe this lady. Like you, you have to meet with her. You have to meet with her right away. I don't know what it is. I just feel like the two of you have got to meet. And like you mentioned, that was, that first meeting was just the beginning of an incredible, incredible friendship.
1: Wow. That's amazing. And I think uh, just this topic of, um, how to live to to 100 and how to live a a long and actually happy life and a fulfilling life is, is very interesting. And I think it's also very interesting for, for many of our listeners. And um, from this point of view, what are some, some ideas, some things that you've seen at Lucille from, from a gratitude standpoint, like um, did you see, see her doing something specific that uh, inspired you, for instance, to be more grateful?
0: Yeah, I think pretty much everything that Lucille did reminded me to be more grateful. You know, one of the things I noticed, not just in Lucille, but in all of the people who I interviewed over 100 is they did have that in common. They practiced gratitude on a, on a regular basis. You know, there's an old saying that says, you know, do you gonna you're gonna wake up and say, uh, "Good Lord, it's morning." Or are you gonna wake up and say, "Good morning, Lord." You know that those those two ways you can wake up can can change your day. And I think she always woke up uh, with the latter. I mean, she always knew that when she got up that she was going to have a great day. She laid out her clothes the night before and just expecting fully expecting that the next day one was going to happen and two that she was going to be able to meet somebody or do something or or there was something that was going to come out of it and we get so caught up today in in just basically going through the motions and we're we're plugging along and we don't stop really to meet people be interested in them and um and really remember what life's about and that was one thing that lucille was just absolutely fascinating uh as, as far as the way she could easily make friends i mean it was almost instantaneously. and when when you read love life and lucille it's it's kind of a theme that as we went out, because we would go out to lunch all the time, these fabulous restaurants, Uh, she went out on a book tour with me. And as we went on these journeys, and in each chapter, we're meeting somebody, but she's also bringing out kind of the best in that person that we need. And there's these kind of connections that we've gotten away from, in our normal everyday lives and she helped remind me to make those connections be grateful for the people that step into your lives take time to get to know them not just for what they're there for that purpose I and what I mean by that is we could be in a restaurant and she would strike up a conversation with the waiter and all of a sudden I'd be like, this is the most fascinating person I've ever met. And <laughs> she, had, she had this way of finding the fascination in everybody. And it's, it's kind of cool that through the book, there's these characters that are real life. These are people like that every day you're running into that you just don't know how incredibly interesting they are. And it really opens your eyes to, to the world just in a whole nother light.
1: Wow. That's amazing. And I think it's, it's so wonderful to be able to see these beautiful things in people. And I think one of the, the things that sometimes um, is keeping us from, from seeing these things in other people is that we either compare. Or we we tend to judge to criticize one way or another, and I think from from what you um, just said, what she isn't doing is do- these things, and what she is doing is being curious and also appreciative of that person, and I think that's that's a really beautiful combination.
0: It definitely was, and that's exactly it. It is um, being uh, being observant and she was very observant, and she showed me how to notice things that sometimes we just glaze over, you know we just kind of go through our day and do our thing and and we don't notice these things and another thing that that Lucille was really good at that she helped me with is deep conversation. A lot of times. Um, I don't know if you're this way, but I know a lot of people I talked to told me that they were really amazed at how deep the book goes in conversation. They're like, I can't believe you you would tell anybody this, or you know, that that you would have these conversations or you'd put it in print. And and suddenly when you do that, it's so freeing when you're just flat out honest. And even honest to the point of, you know, this isn't going to make me look that good, but it's the truth. And just accepting that about um, yourself, your thoughts, your realities, and, and kind of rolling with it. I think once we learn to accept some of our shortcomings and some of our thoughts and feelings that may not be uh, as, as I call them social media ready, because we always want to like look so good on social media. Right. But it, yeah. if we're really, if we're really honest with ourselves about who we are and our, where we are on the journey, then the journey gets easier and the journey tends to get better because, um, we're, we're dealing in realities. We're not trying to measure up to something that maybe isn't there, isn't right. I, I love, I don't know if you saw this, but Muhammad Ali's funeral, George Bush uh, Jr. said something that was so profound. He said, we've got to stop comparing ourselves on our worst day to everyone else on their best.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I just thought, wow. That is just so true. And and I I think there's a lot of kind of what George W. Bush says uh, in that sense and and things that he thinks in that way that remind me of Lucille.
1: Hmm. Yeah. It's, It's funny that this is what actually happens usually when we go on social media we either we go on social media when we're bored or when we're tired and we just don't want to think you know and it's not usually when it's uh, at our best and what do we see we see the highlights of other people's lives and that combination uh, isn't really that good for us
0: yeah there's been some some research on social media and in and- it's it's the thing about friendship right how do we define friends and i always say friends are not likes on social media friends are the people that you can call at any time it's your lowest moment it's your best moment they're the the people that you reach out to or that reach out to you when it's not something you'd post (laughs) on social media (laughs) And, and we, we've got to remember that the way the human brain works is that we see in 3D and that we feel so deeply with our senses. And if we lose the touch of being face-to-face with people, being able to you know, give them a hug, being able to see them in in 3D, which is what we see when we're in person, then we actually change our brains. So... Um, even even with some quarantining and social distancing, this is something that we're gonna to have to eventually break back out of because right now that's kind of what most people have. They're they're relying on that social media. But once uh, we can get out and, and really start shaking hands again and, you know, attaboys and patting people on the back and seeing them uh, in in real life. It's going to actually help our mood. It's going to help our brains uh, feel what we need to feel to be happy. That all those dopamine and and uh, and, and other feel good hormones actually come from interaction. We're wired to interact.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's it's one of the the things that most of the. Um guests on on the gratitude podcast talk about the fact that we are usually most grateful for people for interactions with them and like you were saying for friends and family people that we can call when we don't have moments that we can put on instagram or on facebook and yeah i think that's that's very important and um, and very powerful and like you as you were saying about um Acceptance. When we get to be authentic uh, and accept those those things, we don't have to keep the uh, the lid on. Uh, if the the water is boiling all the time, and we have to um, be there and and uh, keep the the lid on, and we just let it go, and that's a whole nother story and uh, a really different way of us. Experiencing the world and um, experiencing life in general, and I'm sure that you and uh, Lucille are these types of people. But uh, what I also wanted to to ask you from your studies about uh, this topic, I'm really curious um, if you if you've seen other than the medical part people that were able to get to these ages if they they had this uh, perspective on life this uh, appreciation of life like how much is it uh, a medical condition or other things and how much is our attitude of gratitude
0: I would honestly say from what I have not just researched but witnessed with the people over 100 that I had the the pleasure of meeting with and talking to, I'd say it's about 90%. It's 90% of your attitude. And (laughs) it's, it's huge. It's absolutely huge. And we've seen this, you know, not even with longevity studies, but we've seen this with cardiac studies, people that have heart attacks and then which ones recover well, which ones recover not so well and which ones don't make it at all. And it really does come down to attitude. So it's not just about you know, people living over you know, 90, 100 years old. Uh, it, it's really about our everyday life. And there's been other research that shows that when we're in a state of ingratitude, when we're in a state of... Um, victimization, you know, we see this a lot in our, our world, you know, it's everybody else's fault and, and just unacceptance of any kind of responsibility. We now know that that actually has a physiological change to the body. What it does is it causes uh, inflammation, chronic inflammation, Mm -hmm. and chronic inflammation is the root of all disease, So we look at heart attacks, we look at cancer, diabetes, all of that. These are all diseases and conditions that are linked back to inflammation. And just having that good attitude, just staying grateful, uh, being positive, being real with yourself, all of these things actually promote better health in general for everybody.
1: wow I really didn't expect the the percentage to be that high. Um but from my my own experience I I can definitely see the difference in in the periods when I wasn't in such a good um mood and I wasn't having a, a really good attitude to when I am. Uh, having that uh, positive attitude that uh, grateful attitude and indeed it's it's really different and um, it's it's fascinating how how much this part of who we are matters and and I think it it empowers us because we can do something about it like usually when you think about health at least when I think about health Um, or what I think people in general think about health, they think that when they, they have a health issue, they are victims somehow. Like this is happening to people. And when we look at things from the perspective that you just mentioned, we realize that it is... In our power to, to change this and to, to be more resilient when, when it comes to this. And I think that's, that's amazing. And I think it's one of the, the things that people get, the, that people that get to 100 actually know and practice, isn't it?
0: I, I definitely um, know that. I, when Lucille was in her 90s, she broke her femur. And the femur is the long bone in the leg, the big bone at the top and top of the leg. And by all accounts, that should be it, right? It, they all say it's all, you're all downhill after a hip or a major fracture when you're that old. And she went into a, a rehabilitation and she had to do these you know, physical therapy exercises and whatnot. And she told me this story that, that I'll never forget. She says she's in there, and there's a, several people in there. Some were in their 60s, some were in their 70s, and she's looking around, and and a lot of them had hip replacements and things. They were in there for post op uh, physical therapy, and she she noticed that a lot of them just had really bad attitudes. They they were frustrated or mad, or they doomed themselves. This is it, you know. I'm never getting out of here. What have you? And she became their cheerleader, <laughs> and she just said, "I just told them, don't talk like that." And and she she'd push them a little further. And the physical therapist, you know, really loved her, right? Because she could get all these people motivated to do their physical therapy. And she got out of there like uh, way earlier than she should. She completed and and she she pulled a lot of people along with her and the funny thing is she said if i would have known i was going to heal that good i never would have given up my driver's license (laughs) (laughs) but she even when she was 100 she was wearing heels again so
1: oh my god
0: (laughs) yeah in, in in really that attitude that's what we're talking about right we're talking about having that gratitude that attitude of gratitude that perseverance i think that is really key in in all of us you know are we willing to persevere when the chips are down when things don't look good when all by all accounts there's no light at the end of the tunnel if we're willing to say if I don't see light, I'm just going to paddle faster until I do. That's when we're going to see good things happen. That's when we're going to really hold our head above the water and not drown. And Lucille was so good at that.
1: <laughs> That's amazing. That's so inspiring. And the way the way you tell the story, like I, I feel I'm I'm there and I can. Really experience how how she was experiencing life and um, how much positive energy she was able to to spread in this world. That that's that's really beautiful. I'm curious though if uh, you've ever talked about um, like really hard times, like maybe the world world wars or other periods of time. In which, which are really similar to, to what we are going through. Maybe you have some some ideas that might be might help uh, our listeners too, go through this going through these times.
0: When Lucille came to America, she came from Prince Edward Island. She came. Uh, actually right during the depression, she came to put herself through nursing school. That was her goal. Her sister was going through nursing school. She wanted to go through nursing school. So she was sponsored by an uncle because back then you had to be sponsored by someone. And she really got on a train with her suitcase, a very small suitcase and a locket that was given to her uh, when her best friend died. Her best friend died because there was a lot of influenza and plagues and things that were happening, and and children died then. So it was nothing for a child to lose their best friend. So she had lost her childhood friend. The mother had given her locket. She came with a locket and a suitcase full of stuff. She came to the United States, and during the Depression, her memory, and she said it's like she could see it like it was – just happening, was businessmen in the streets doing manual labor. And because they were businessmen, they only owned business clothes. So they were in business clothes. They were doing manual labor because they just needed and wanted a job. And she learned a lot from that. She learned that we're never too good to do something that... We might consider scut what she said, scut (laughs) work. And we're we're never too good to pick ourselves up either, or too low to pick ourselves up. That when times get tough, things kind of even out. You kind of find out if you have grit. And if you have grit and you're willing to roll up your sleeves and dig in never saying that's not my job. Just dig in, do what needs to be done. It'll all, it'll all work out. It'll all turn around. And she even said for those people that were out there doing manual labor in suits, it wasn't a forever thing. They actually got through that time and things returned to a new normal for them. Now, it took some time, but she would always say that if we just hang in there, things are going to change. It reminds me of my, my own mother. My own mother's always says, this too shall pass. That's kind of a, a thing <laughs> she does. And it's true. You know, Whatever we're going through, it'll pass. There's an old saying, if you don't like the way things are, wait three days, because most, most people's perspective can change within three days.
1: <laughs> that's so true. That's so true and that and it's so inspiring knowing that having that faith that this will pass and also um, thinking about the fact that people like Lucille have been through similar situations and they managed to uh overcome them and to continue to have a a happy life and a fulfilling life and I think that's it's very important for us to to be able to see the, the the light at the end of the tunnel and um i'm very grateful that you've shared this story with us and um unfortunately we are nearing the end of our time together it's it's so fascinating that <laughs> we can we could go for for quite a while um and until the movie <laughs> for your book will be released uh, where can our audience get the book?
0: Yeah, so the book, it actually you can get it any book retailer. You can do pre-orders now, uh, which I do recommend uh, the pre-orders. And it's Love, Life, and Lucille. And you can, like I said, any retailer, you can pick it up on Amazon. I do ask that you rate and review the book because that does help um, definitely pull it up on the ranks. And a lot of pre-orders going on now. I'd go ahead and pre-order if I was you. Um, and yeah. And one thing we didn't mention is the foreword was written by Suzanne Summers. And the story of Lucille and, and myself and Suzanne Summers is actually in the book. But she was, uh, I'm so grateful that she took the opportunity to write the foreword for the book as well. But it's jam-packed full of uh, things that will make you laugh, things that will make you cry, Maybe even make you a little angry, but I promise at the end, you're just, you're just going to love it.
1: (laughs) Like I said, it really sounds like, like a good book, not just a good book, but also a really good movie. And um, maybe you didn't have the idea until now, but I, I, I would love to see a movie based on this. And I'm sure that um, I have my dream, I have
0: my dream cast. Uh, Trust me. I, I love it.
1: <laughs> awesome. 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 So, um before we we end this um interview, can you share with us um some people that you're grateful for and why you're grateful for them?
0: Yeah, I'm absolutely grateful for my spouse. I am one of those people that is fortunate enough to be married to a really good person. And uh, an amazing uh, physician, Walter Gammon, and he has allowed me to to grow in ways that um, just most people don't get the opportunity. And then also, you know, I'm grateful for my mom. I talk in the book about um, my parents, my mom and dad. I'm grateful for both of them. But I talk about how tough it was being the daughter of two workaholics, but I have to say, they also gave me my work ethic. So with within everything that may be frustrating, there's always a silver lining. And without that work ethic, I certainly wouldn't be able to do the things I um, do today. I couldn't have held a full-time job and, and written the books I've written. And uh, so there's a lot to be grateful for there.
1: That's amazing. Thank you so much for your time. And for all of the amazing things that you have shared with us. Thank you.
0: My pleasure. And and thank you for having uh, such a, a needed podcast. We all need to be practicing a little more gratitude.
1: Hey, Gratitude Seeker. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this interview. I really appreciate it. And if you could think of one person that would also benefit from it, share it with them. It might actually be the inspiration that they need to make their day or maybe even their life much better. Thank you so much once again. This has been Georgian Benta. Don't forget to keep seeking and spreading gratitude.